0: blog talk radio hi and welcome to another episode of holistic living i'm tara davis today we are going to talk about intuition and i say we because i have my fabulous friend back julie guthrie welcome julie hi tara good to be back and just want to say, we just had the most interesting experience. <laughs> we, <laughs> we started this podcast almost 30 minutes ago, and we were about 15 minutes in, and it literally cut off. Julie's call dropped. My call dropped. We were at the point of talking about intuition and how the universe works and males and females, and everything dropped. So just being aware of that, of where we were in that discussion of the powers that be. (laughs) (laughs) I know. So we are going to do our best at trying to recapture what we've talked about and then go on a little bit more. So we started with talking about our intuition as women That, you know, we can call it following your gut, following women's intuition, um, just having that inner voice. I just have a feeling. There's all kinds of ways that you can talk about following your instinct. And as I was doing some research um, on the topic of instinct and following your instinct and women's intuition, it's actually been proven on many studies that, women are just hardwired to have that gift of intuition. And you can call it what you want, being sensitive, following that sensitive piece. But here's a fact. Throughout history, our society, as a patriarchal society up to this point that's now shifting, society has really made fun of women's intuition it's been made fun of in so many directions so many ways of you know um being passive aggressive about it oh it's just following your intuition oh god that woman's intuition and would just even be saying that doesn't even feel good it just feels silly like it's not one of our uh things to be grateful for it doesn't sound like it's something that we should follow and Julie and I really wanted to talk about this today because we find ourselves on this discussion quite frequently from the perspective of how our life ebbs and flows because of whether we follow our intuition or not follow it. And following our intuition requires showing up for your life. And so, Julie, I'm going to let you start talking a little bit because I know you are really in your life. Well, actually, we all we all really have to tune in to follow our intuition. And are we going to follow it? Because if we do, here's what has to happen. So, Julie, I would love for you to talk on, yeah, following your intuition and what that means for you. Okay. well.
1: I am going to repeat the one quote that I came across a while back um, Mm -hmm. about intuition. And Dean Kuhn said it. Intuition is seeing with the soul. And I love that because for me, which I've done a whole ton of work (laughs) on myself in the last couple of years, um, I think your soul is what really speaks to, you know, who are you? What do you want to do? What do you feel in your life you need? You know, where do you want to be? What kind of people do you want to be around? Like, your soul knows exactly what you need and where you want to be. But for so many years, like, I just haven't had the ability to really listen to that. And, you know, we touched on it, unfortunately, in the part that um, we'd already talked about where, you know, it, it, there is an ebb and flow of it, and, and you feel something, and you let it pass, and you don't act on it, um, and then it kind of crushes your soul. And I think that's why this particular quote is so impactful for me because, like, you know, when you're in a place where you feel not right with your life or not where you want to be, something is telling you that it's not right, that it's not where you want to be. To me, that's your, that's your soul talking, that's your intuition talking. Mm-hmm. If you were in a place where you felt joyful and happy and contentment and You know, we're all going to have little things throughout the day, throughout our life that that throw us off a bit. But ultimately, that deep sense of contentment, I'm good, I'm where I want to be, I'm totally happy with where I am, that to me is your intuitive soul talking. And when we ignore that, I think you can just get so far off track. And that's kind of where my life landed. It just felt like I wasn't coming from a place of, authenticity because i didn't have the the confidence the power the gumption whatever to follow my intuition and i was i said earlier to me that that feeling is you know to follow your gut i get it that seems a little more Oof. yeah let's all follow your gut you know you know (laughs) but for me that the intuitive piece just resonates a little more with me because to me it's not a gut like the pit of your stomach feeling it's almost that that heartache, that soul, that deep down within yourself, you just know that you've got to change. You know you need to do these things, but actually putting that into play is so hard. So you can know, but then it gets squashed over time. You know, it just gets squashed. And you know, I, I alluded to this counseling I did probably twenty years ago. You know, I've had a lot of ups and downs. <laughs> and someone way back when said, underdog, superdog scenario. Your underdog wants to do these things. Your superdog is telling you you can't. And these are the reasons why you can't. It's selfish. You can't do that. You'll never be able to do that. People will think you're crazy if you do that. And it squashes your underdog. To me, fast forward years later, through much work, um, I see that underdog piece. As, that was my intuition. That was my soul talking. That was saying, this isn't right for you. This doesn't resonate. This isn't, you know, this isn't where you want to go. But I didn't have any control to like squash that super dog and say, yeah, I do. I do have the power to make change. And that's the scary part of following your intuition is ultimately, there's probably going to be change. There's probably going to be fallout. There's going to be a conversation that needs to be had. There's going to be You know, a direction that needs to be taken that is way out of our comfort zone. And to do all of those things feels overwhelming. So it's much easier to, like, let that voice just sit in the background and let another day pass and another week pass and another year pass. So,
0: Mm. I I can completely agree with you on all of those things because we get those red flags. Like, that's part of our intuition is... Seeing those red flags and ignoring those red flags. So if we were to, um, if we were to acknowledge those red flags in the first place, first of all, it's following our intuition. Like there are so many red flags. There are so many red flags about this is not where this is not the location I need to be in. This is not the partner I need to be with. This is not the job I need to be in. Besides just having that gut feeling and that knowingness. There are all these other signs that we choose to ignore because it's just easier to follow the norm, right? And so it's just easier to kind of become complacent, whereas our intuition was already at work in the first place. And so, yes, I love what you just said about it's kind of that domino effect that we find ourselves, you know, 10 years down the road going, how did I even end up here? ignored all the red flags around us because of what you said, because yes, if we do follow our intuition and we do follow that direction, that path of where we want to go in the knowingness, most often it is the path that others don't follow. It is not the easiest path, but it leads to more joy, but we have to take action when we listen to our intuition and in doing that throughout society, as women, we have been made fun of and we have not been taught to listen to our intuition. And so it's been undervalued in our logic based society that we live in. Like we have to see the end result before we make any, take any action. I have to know what's going to happen before I do this. That's not using our intuition. That's being logical. And so that's where we are right now because we have undervalued that intuition, that peace that we're born with. And so I think I had, to, yeah, I, I talked about earlier that we are commonly believed to have stronger intuition than men, but so undervalued. And we are pretty much taught at an early age to ignore and mistrust this internal innate wisdom that we have, instead defaulting to everything else and everyone else around us. And so relearning that as an adult sometimes can be so slippery and scary and messy and uncomfortable Because we have all this criticism that can come in from all different directions, ourselves included, right? Like I could be my biggest critic. And I know you can from all of our discussions. We are all our biggest critic. We second guess everything that we do. We compare ourselves. And so all of this is this barrage coming at us to – not trust our instincts. It's when we decide to take hold of our life, take charge of what's going on, and start listening to that inner voice that we begin to follow our intuition. And something that I tapped onto um, in the previous discussion was the different ways as women that we can tap into it and receive our intuition. It can be just that sense of knowing it can be hearing. Like for me personally, I just have like that, I hate to say it, but just that gut feeling like that knowingness. And I think Julie, you said you feel yours in your heart. Yeah. Yeah,
1: definitely. It's like not in the belly, <laughs> but it's more mm-hmm. in the chest, you know? And yeah. That's and so... you know... Yeah, go ahead. Oh no. It's just one of those, you know, where we, like I've been I've been learning more to like feel physically where your emotions and your intuition and these senses come from in your body. And that's why I say I make a point to even mention not so much gut, more heart, you know, for me.
0: Mhm.
1: Even though it's that clear, right. I feel it elsewhere.
0: Yeah. And you know, it was a great learning curve for me when I started Um, doing energy work on the body and doing healing work with the body, with all the different clients that I had, I was strictly following my intuition, strictly following my feeling. And clients would come in and they would have a specific uh, thing that they wanted to work on in their body, a specific ailment, a specific pain problem, whatever was going on. And they would want to work on that issue Nine times out of ten, we would start with that issue, and my hands would be guided to some other spot of the body, and they would every single time say, oh, yeah, that's always been there. Like, that's been so underlying. I've almost forgot about that problem. That was learning to trust my intuition and trust my instinct because they hadn't said anything about their left arm or their left or their kidney or, you know, whatever else, wherever else I was guided to go. Yet it was just that strong, overwhelming knowingness of like, okay, I've got to go over here and do some work over here on this part of the body. And then that's when they would confirm that, yeah, you were right. So it was almost, and I did that for several years, um, working with the body, with other people's body. And it was almost this um, retraining of the brain on how to follow without that logical piece that logical component coming in of I got to know what's going on before I make the next step. It's so much easier to think about it and to tell everybody else to do it when it comes to our own place to do that. Like you and I have talked about, you have to actually take those action steps and those action steps could be so uncomfortable and out of your comfort zone.
1: Following your intuition. When you do that, there are so many stories that we create that have been, you know, presented to us since, you know, we were a child. And those stories can totally get us in a place where we just can't follow our intuition. So, for instance, you know, we want to go do this. Well, that's selfish. You know, you shouldn't do that. You have your kids to worry about. You have your partner, your spouse to worry about. Um You just can't do that. You know, people tell you, you just can't do that. That just doesn't make sense. Well, that won't help you out. You know, you get, there's all these stories that are other people's stories and how they were created, I don't know. And in another (laughs) sense, like somehow a mother's intuition gets a pass, right? They sense their kid is sick. Mm -hmm. They know their child better than anyone. So they have this feeling that something's going wrong. I mean, shoot, my mom sometimes can say that, I knew something was happening. I just knew something was happening with you. I needed to call you. So a mother's intuition, for some reason, that realm gets a pass. That is appropriate, okay, and always spot on and and celebrated. So to our point of, like, where is it not? It seems like when we put ourselves first, following that intuition first um, for ourselves solely to be the best you know, version of ourselves, to create the best life we want to have. Then all of a sudden, that's when all the stories come into play and everyone has an opinion about it and a thought about it. And that gets in our psyche and allows us to say, no. You know, if it mm-hmm. comes to my child, I'm going to follow this. Like, I think they're in trouble. I'm going to pursue this to the degree. And everyone will cheer you on. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my gosh, you yeah, you must go do that. But in some instances, for women, if I were, you know, if you're the mother in that same scenario and you say, I just feel this really strong um, need to go uh, do something, you know, go off on this adventure for a month, people would say, you can't do that. You're leaving your kids behind. How could you do that? How could you possibly want to do that? That's so selfish. So it's like, it depends on the scenario. But you don't know that going off for that month might make you who's somebody, uh, you know, a stressed out mother feeling like she's half-assed her way through life as a mom, as a wife, that going off on this journey for a month in the whole scheme of life is a very short amount of time mm-hmm. wouldn't bring her back, her soul back into place and be able to be like the super mom, the super wife that she's always wanted to be. Who would rather see than, you know, somebody maybe stagnate a little bit because they don't understand that drive that intuition that need and to me that's your soul saying I need a break I need a rest I just need to get back to who I am for a minute but that's not (sighs) celebrated so I mean it's kind of a weird long drawn-out scenario but it's like why is it in some instinct in some instances it's so appropriate and okay and in the same you know, if you put the same scenario, the same woman, the same family structure, and she has an intuition to go this other way, it's completely shunned. And mm-hmm. and that that same woman will struggle. And ten years later, she'll be like, "Oh my gosh, I just wish I had just had a minute for me."
0: And it will mm. never go away.
1: So now now you're carrying this baggage, you know.
0: <laughs> so I love it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I love. I love that story because you're right. Excuse me, as women, right, taking that month, like, look, I just got to go away for a month and I just got to clear my head is, in the grand scheme of things, such a drop in the bucket, such a minute amount of time, yet, and it even seems like such a simplistic example, but it's not because we don't allow that piece of our intuition to take over and go, I don't know what this is about. I just, like, everything of my being says I got to go do this. And interestingly enough, now I can't remember. Did we talk about it already or did we talk about it (laughs) in the podcast? (laughs) It wasn't, but I'm going to say it again. So when we don't follow our intuition, that is when we start numbing. And I can say this from my own personal experience of not following and seeing those red flags and ignoring those red flags, because if I follow those red flags, Oh, God, I might hurt somebody else's feelings. So then there again comes in that people part, people pleaser part of me that I used to so subscribe to. And so when I don't follow my intuition on a regular basis, then I start numbing. So I start numbing with food or with shopping or, gosh, what are the ways that we numb? With alcohol, and with drugs, and those are just the regular. But we can also numb with anger. Because then we start to get angry at everybody else, unbeknownst to us, because we have stuffed it so far back, because we're not following our own, our intuition. So we're not sure why we're angry or why we're snapping at everybody. I mean, it could have been 10 years ago that we have just really shut off our intuition and shut off that internal guidance. Like we have our own GPS that is so here to support our whole life. If we're not following it, then we are stuffing. And so. You know, other ways that we can numb and stuff are workaholics, right? And that's certainly not to delineate from people who really love their job and are just full on loving their job. If you're a workaholic, you know it because you're avoiding something, right? It's probably avoiding that internal guidance system. And I think you and I have both subscribed to that so many times because it is the easy way out. And sometimes we just want a break, right? Like Mm -hmm. we just want to – yeah, we just want to not engage. We just want to check out, which is fine. Then you got to kind of get back on the track and figure that piece out. The other piece that I wanted to touch on is your intuition versus your ego, which is oftentimes hard to delineate and figure out, God, which piece is this? The way, and I want, I'd love to hear your piece, Julie, because the way I feel into it when I start second guessing and just the fact that I'm second guessing usually means I'm listening to my ego, but I often have to just check in and I ask which which way leads me closer to love, which way leads me farther away from love or business-wise, because we're, you and I are both shifting so many things around in our business, which way leads me to my goal, which way leads me further away from my goal, and so a lot of times people will say, well, I'm just following my gut, and I will kind of just observe of, that's a weird, you know, in my mind, remember thinking, that's a really odd way to follow your gut. I think you're following your ego, because the ego is like, well, you know, I need to buy that. $20,000, whatever. I'm just following my gut. Like, I really need to buy that. And so checking in is also part of following that intuition of, is it my intuition or is it my ego? And so, yeah, Julia, I would love to know, how do you differentiate between the two? Hmm, that's a really interesting
1: question. As I'm sitting here listening to you, especially in the example of, like, going out and buying something, I think it comes down to, for me, all the work that I've done where it's like, is this genuinely going to make, who am I doing this for? Is this for me or is this for how I want to appear, how I want to be perceived? Um, And I think that that question to me is, because I can get caught up in that. Well, if I say this, you know, I'm going to – it's going to seem like my life is in shambles or, oh, God, here she goes again doing this thing again. But ultimately, I've totally bought into – I am, like, sold on be the best person you can be for you, bring you joy. And putting yourself first is so against the grain of how we've been taught because you need to take care of everybody else. You should be mm-hmm. – um, Looking out for everyone else—that's very selfish of you to think of yourself first. But I find, since I transitioned to that way of thinking, you know, following my instinct, like, you know, I really don't want to be in this place anymore. This this life just isn't working for me. This is not bringing out my best self. Well, that means a huge change. And if I worry about what other people think, so that would be my ego, right? worrying about mm. how am I going to look? I got to appear like I got my stuff together and I, you know, have it all perfect. I would be spinning in my complacent, stagnant place. Um, whereas now I think, no, my best self, the more it emerges, great things just keep happening. And I think, so for me, the ego was sort of my fall into that sometimes, but for the most part, I lived, according to my ego, probably more so before, because it's to me, that's an easier place to hang out. If I say, you know, I'm going to worry about what people think, so I'm going to do this, and I want to have this kind of job, this kind of car, it's sort of easy to tap into what your ego wants and needs, and and I think it has to do with what we see around us, and who we're trying to please, and who we're trying to impress, or the, you know, the image we're trying to portray so i think that's like the easy thing that's like mm-hmm. the easy way to live what's been harder for me is to to, to be me completely and to listen to my own instincts to my own and then act on it regardless of what anyone's going to say regardless if my what is my ego I, you can't bruise my ego when i'm doing what i need to do um and if people don't like it and I stand, I'm i standing in my own power, then it's almost like the ego kind of goes away a little bit, where this is who I am. And once you own that, to me, sometimes the, the ego piece doesn't rear its ugly head. Um, and not that it, it doesn't. You know, there's moments where I could fall into that, but that's probably one of the areas I've felt I've worked on most and feel the most proud of is being able to say, I don't have the same life you have. You know, even to my parents recently, who I love and adore. oh Now I can joke about it and say, my life is nothing like your life. And like we can <laughs> say, that's okay. You know, and we can laugh about it. And, you know, they say, well, you think long-term. I'm like, mom, I don't think long-term. Like, that's <laughs> just not how I roll. I'm like, not mm-hmm. like that. And so to be able to say that, I would worry about what they thought before. Now I think they love me if I'm a jiffy soul wandering about, or if I'm, you know, living the white picket fence dream, they're going to love me either way. Mm. So that's kind of, that may be a long winded explanation. I hope it made
0: sense, but yeah. Completely made sense. And I love how you tapped into um, the ego part of how everyone else around us perceives us because it's so incredibly right that once you are on track of just living for you I agree with you the ego falls away because you're just doing you like you're so just doing you and how many times do we look at people and just adore them and love them because they are so themselves like they are just being them and we just you know we look at people almost with envy sometimes thinking God, I wish I could just be like that. Like they are so unapologetic mm-hmm. for their beliefs, for their actions. When they're in that place of love, you know, I'm not saying that we are, are um, subscribing to other people that are not coming from a place of love, but when we find those people who are, you know, we call eccentric, I mean, really, they're just doing them. And oftentimes we find ourselves when we are not, coming from that place of intuition and that place of serving us, like serving ourselves. I know that we can find ourselves then coming from, from that place of envy because we think, Oh man, I just wish I could do that. It's following that intuition. And then you're right. The ego starts to rear its ugly head when we start falling into that place of judgment. So I think Mm -hmm. judgment the more that you and I are talking about this, that judgment is coming from that place of not following your intuition. Because then you're judging other people for what they're doing. But really, as you and I have talked about this before, they're holding up that mirror. So there's something in you that you're not doing, that they're doing or Mm -hmm. not doing, you know, whatever it, it looks like, that you're judging. That piece of intuition, you haven't, Like we talked about, like last week, I talked about surrender and faith, like letting go into that place of surrender, following your intuition, and then the ego pops up when you don't and just has so much to say, so much chatter. Right. Right, to move into, and then judgment comes in, and then like this huge other cycle starts to happen when we're not following our intuition. And again, as you and I keep talking about this further, I'm just using myself as an example that when I'm not speaking my truth to anyone around me, when I am when I succumb to wanting to be that people pleaser or not wanting to rock the boat or not wanting to speak my truth from the perspective of, well, if I speak my truth, I'm going to create a lot of waves. Then I then I will observe my own behavior of, first of all, beating myself up because I'm not following my intuition and just, like, doing me, right? Like, no, I, I don't want to go today. Or, no, that does not make me happy. Or, you know, whatever it is that I need to say, that's part of following your intuition is, as women, again, that touchy-feely thing that we have should be so celebrated because that's part of our, one of our gifts. As women, we have that touchy-feely piece in us that we don't have to know why, why it doesn't feel good, why I need to say this. I mean, God knows when we are on our period for five to seven days and leading up to it, that's when we are our most vulnerable, (laughs) and that's when we, right? I mean, that's when the shit hits the fan, like everything comes out, because really? That's where we need to be living from, is that place of intuitiveness, because You can ask any woman on her period, like everything wants to come out of her mouth, whether she should say it or not, because (laughs) she is fully from that place of intuition. I mean, can you relate?
1: Absolutely. Like that's when the emotions are heightened, at least for me. Um, Yeah. And for me, you know, the waterworks. Oh -hmm. Oh my gosh, I I feel things so deeply during this time, Um, even more so than I do on an everyday basis. (laughs) So right? it's like compounded. Yeah. It's yeah and just, one thing uh, that came up while you were talking about this too is like as the ego falls away, don't you think, like for me, now I've become in this such an authentic place. And people, the whole judgment piece from others, and maybe you're you're already in a family structure, and now you're starting to listen to your intuition, and you're starting to put yourself first. Now there is fallout. And we have talked about this before Mm. in previous podcasts, but how do people handle this? And this is why for me, I feel like I got to learning this at an earlier stage in life to me is so appropriate and necessary because we're constantly evolving. And when people in your life get the ego, the ego person, who's out there, you know, trying to people please and do this or that. They're not getting the real you. They're not getting the person who really thinks this or that. And and once, if you start following that intuition, all of a sudden you become a different person to the people around you. And that can make or break some relationships. Um, so I thought about that piece as you were talking, just um, in mm-hmm. terms of like being out there. And that's been a learning a learning curve for me
0: um, 100%. Yeah, it is a learning curve because I can completely relate to that. When I started really following what I wanted to do and coming from that authentic place of discernment, of listening to my intuition, friend groups fell away quickly. And it wasn't a place of spite or anger, it was almost from this organic place of the connection just kind of um, softened. And then I would realize, oh, my gosh, I haven't talked to so-and-so in months when it was like, you know, an everyday occasion or, wow, we haven't called each other for so long. So it didn't come from that place of spite. It just came from the organic I was shifting and or this other person was shifting and we were just going in different directions and it doesn't always happen that way. It can often as well and I've noticed through my coaching and through other friends that have just really started listening and putting themselves first and taking care of themselves that other people around them because they have lived according to a certain set of rules and a certain standard that when they start stepping out of the box and changing their colors and changing everything about them, everyone else around them, you know, it's like, what, what the hell is going on? And you are not you. Would you please come back to this little box that you have been in? I'm not sure how to deal with you. I'm not sure how to relate with you. I, I don't, yeah, like all this stuff. So when we start shifting, shit can hit the fan for everybody else around us because what happens is they get to either choose to come on with us, come aboard or not. And again, this is neither good nor bad. It's just the, the way things happen is it's just the order, the natural order of progression in life. And so when we start listening and tuning in, everybody else gets to start doing it or not. And if they don't, then that's when their judgment pops up and that's when their ego pops up and that's when the mirrors start popping up and they are then at choice. They get to either think, oh, well, this is kind of really different and interesting and I might be interested and I might want to try those or screw that. I'm not even, like she's just whacked out and she's just following this whole other path and I have no (laughs) desire to go there. You know, and so... Yeah, one of those two things will happen when you start really following that intuition and really taking care of ourselves. And this doesn't mean that guys can't take care of themselves and follow that piece of intuition that they also have. It just means women have a little bit more of intuition, and we seem to be the ones who want to follow it and um, have that touchy-feely piece, according to society, which we do and it should be celebrated. Um, I would love for us all to, God, what a society we would be if we all put ourselves first. I mean, can you even imagine? It's like euphoria. It is. And I, you know, the
1: as much as some people may fall away, what I see is, don't you find that just magical things happen and people mm-hmm. come into your world and, and things change and, and it all seems to get better and bigger and brighter, and, and it's totally okay. And when we, you know, we're so programmed to think that that is just so selfish and the wrong way to, the wrong way to go. It's so hard for people to comprehend, and I often now look at people who maybe naysay say or want to poo-poo on the, on the fun here, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's that whole mirror piece. They're going, Well, I could never do that. You know, you're not supposed to do that. You have a family, you have this person, you're you're married, you have this, you have that. Well but you're not being your full self. You're giving half of who you are to somebody or your family or your friends or whomever, um, because you're not being fully yourself. So what's better? I mean, don't you want the full money? I mean I do <laughs> like when I meet somebody, like and it's just like you said. Who are you fully? Don't hide. Don't hide behind what you think you need to be for me or for your parents or for anybody else. I mean, bust out. And it's, it's mm. like, liberating. It's so um, empowering. and And it doesn't mean you're going to be alone. It doesn't mean you're going to be without friends. It doesn't mean you're going to be shunned or anything else because there is a world out there that's going to, you know, celebrate it. Celebrate you, your choices. Um, and it's, you're going to be welcomed with warm arms. It may be a different
0: place, maybe not what you pictured, but it's, it's,
1: you know, wonderful all the same.
0: I agree. And it's so interesting that when you start following that path of following your intuition and following your instincts, and nature creates a vacuum, right? I mean, the universe creates this vacuum that when you are so clear on the way that you want to go, what you've left behind, yes, like you said, all these other doors start opening up. There is an entire world that you didn't realize you could subscribe to because we have been so conditioned in another way that it's like all these other doors start opening up when the other direction. That you're going. It's almost like another light has been turned on. Or um, anyway, when you start down that direction, it's like if you only want to go to restaurants that have blue signs, blue neon signs, well, by God, you're going to find every restaurant with a blue neon sign. Once you decide, you know what, I'm going to go to a restaurant that has green carpeting then all the green carpets start showing up. And so it's just what we focus on. I mean, gosh, it sounds so cliche, but where our focus goes, where our intention goes, our focus goes and, or vice versa. But what we focus on, what we choose to focus on is what we will see. It's like the filter that we see life through, Mm -hmm. right? So if we choose to see life through all these other fears and all these confinements and boxes and worries about everyone else, then that's the filter that we experience life through. When we make that shift and shift into a different realm, that is how we see our life. And so, yeah, I love that you said, you know, all these other things might fall away. But then, holy cow, what is available is all the other ways that you choose to see. So we either choose to see through fear or we choose choose to see through love. And I know sometimes this just sounds so airy-fairy or maybe easier said than done, and it, it is right, right? You and I both know. Sometimes it's so easier said than done, it sounds like, oh, just follow the love. Sometimes that is so hard because you have to leave, yeah. right? I mean, it, it, you have yeah. to leave your cushiness of whatever that looks like, your cushy job or your cushy relationship or your cushy home, following your joy might mean major shifts, like we both have have experienced.
1: Yeah, and also with that, like if you're saying choose love and those sorts, you know, that whole approach, which I totally agree with, I've also learned that when you do that and things shift and people move away or maybe you move out of a situation into another, it's like this opportunity to do it with love and to say, I'm doing this, but it's okay. It's not, you know, you have a chance to be a teacher, um, to learn from it, to help those around you grow from it as well as yourself. You know, it is this opportunity. It doesn't have to be, I'm doing this and, you know, screw the rest of you. It's, mm. You know, there's an opportunity there for everyone to grow from your, you know, your action, to grow from your soul following. You know, you go follow this path. I need to do this for me. I'm out to be a joyful self. And with that, you spread that to those around you as you move through that path. Like, it doesn't have to be, now I'm going this way, I'm going to leave all this behind me. It's like, do it in a loving way. You're following your your soul, your love, going this path. but you have the opportunity to teach and show others how to do that in a loving, truthful, honest, authentic way? And to me, that's, you know, somebody could take something from that. Even if they fall away, They, you know, they may fall away from your life, but go on and go a different direction in theirs. So it's like it's just this... Um, opportunity to grow not just yourself but others during the process
0: yeah I love that and I love that you point out that following that piece of love and the opportunity to grow you're right so let's just use an an example of a relationship when you start to follow a different path and realize like god this whole time I have been really not following my joy. Like I've just been such a people pleaser and following the norm of society. Like I've realized I've got to go this direction and I love you and I'm still going this other direction because I just have to follow me and this is what makes me happy and I hope that you can do the same. It's such an interesting moment in that place because It doesn't often happen that way. It often happens with resentment and spite and anger and hate and all of that, when in fact it could be just we are on different paths. Even I say this this with relationship, it can even happen with jobs. Any any, uh, example that we follow of following our intuition. Um, Gosh, Julie, we are just about done. We only have a minute left. (laughs) (laughs) Well, wrap it up, (laughs) Tara. Right? this has been um, really great because when you and I talk on, on here or on just together as you and I, we get into such deep discussions. And so I love this because it has brought so much perspective into following my intuition. So thank you. Thank you for your openness and for your candidness and for your willingness to just show up and talk from your heart.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I always enjoy it.
0: Mm -hmm. Thank you. And so thank you. We will see you next week. I have no clue of what our topic will be yet, (laughs) but tune in. See you then. Okay. Bye.